And let's slide on into hour number two. Plank Show, Josh Elmer, Connor Pasby. Only positivity for the next two. I think. <laughs> I think. I think. We got to catch up on the text line before we welcome in Chris Plank. I think Plank will be with us next segment. I believe Plank will be with us next segment. Don't quote me on that. He might be bottom half of this hour, but he should be. He should be along shortly. I do. I do believe. All right, let's hear from the head football coach, Brent Venables, earlier this week talking about what what they need to get accomplished in really just the importance of this week, uh, trying to finish this season the the way that they want to, trying to finish it strong over these final three regular season games. Looking at uh, the opportunities that are sitting in front of us right now to finish the year how we want to finish it. Um, we, we still got a great opportunity, you know, this week, uh, going to, to Morgantown to, uh, to again, not, not dwell on, uh, you know, the things that, well, we didn't do well last week, but really to, to, to look at the opportunity, you know, uh, as a, as an opportunity of its own this week to try to create some momentum, momentum to finish the season the right way, uh, in a positive way and, uh, get to a bowl game and, uh, continue to create momentum for the out-of-season uh, as well. They need a good finish. Ne- need a good finish of the regular season. Again, I-, I said this earlier this morning, if you're just flipping on the Ref Radio Network for whatever reason, I'm not uh, so egotistical to think that you'll listen every single second of uh, every single OEC Football Friday, though you should, though you should. If you're just getting getting up and around and with us this morning, it's imperative that Oklahoma wins this game versus West Virginia. It's imperative that Oklahoma doesn't get skunked by its rivals. you got to beat uh, Oklahoma State in Bedlam next week. And what I said earlier, Connor, was this. Isn't it amazing? I mean, even, look, we've got that bad taste in our mouth again because you turn the football over three times and Baylor came into Norman and handed Oklahoma its fourth loss last week. So now you're five and four and not that not that the Big Twelve goals were still intact going into last week, but now the season's very, very mediocre, right? There is no path to making this a ten win season now. That's that's no longer a possibility for Oklahoma. Largely it's uh it's gonna be remembered as, you know, even with four wins to close the year, a disappointing to many season. Yet, having said that, how did uh, this fan base respond? How did people feel beating Kansas, beating Iowa State? Little uptick, right? Little pep in the step for a couple of weeks before, again, uh, losing last week to Baylor. So, all of that is to say, Connor, that there's nothing, there's no tonic like winning. Oklahoma can can get some momentum if they win these final couple of games. Yeah, and you feel a lot better if you did take care of business against Baylor in Norman because, like you said, you beat Kansas, you beat Iowa State, you're feeling a lot better, and you would have felt great with the win against Baylor and then go to Morgantown with three wins in a row. But, you st- I mean, you still got a chance. You got to have some positivity, take care of business in Morgantown. Then you got a good chance against Oklahoma State, a team that's struggling on defense, struggling with quarterback problems. Then you go to Lubbock. You still have a chance to finish this season on a high note, but it's still a little bit of a disappointment 
how the season started. You're feeling good. You got a top ten team, and then after Nebraska, it just really went downhill. But you can still you can still have some positivity to end the season. Neil Brown, what does uh, he think Oklahoma coming into Morgantown? What does Neil Brown think about the Sooners? Defensively, I thought for four quarter or for three quarters played played at a high level. I thought we carried over the energy that we had in the second half versus TCU uh, for three quarters. Uh, I thought in the fourth quarter we kind of pressed. Uh, we, we played really good team defense. Not that we played perfect by any means, but we played good team defense for three quarters. Then in the fourth, we tried to make some plays rather than doing our job. And uh, and that's where a couple of those runs squirted out. Um, you know, we're thin in the secondary and, and and they they went after some of our new pieces and, and had some success there late. Uh, I thought we played better up front. Uh, Dante, Taj, um, Jordan Jefferson, Bartlett, um, they all played well. All played well. Um, and I thought Ruffin and, and Burks and, and Marcus Floyd played some of their best football of the year. Um, and we just have to, we had find ways we have find ways to create takeaways. You know, uh, Iowa State had some turnover issues coming in the game, and they don't they don't turn it over at all. And we had three opportunities there, and we didn't take advantage of them. Um, and so that's kind of the story of that one. Oklahoma, uh, glad to be back home. You know, we've uh, we only got two home games left, and and I was on, on a, doing something on a, on the uh, another media deal the other day. And just talking about home football games in our state, we only have six of them. You know, there's some other teams that have more home games. We only have six every year, and they're events in our state. And we haven't played as well as we want to, but but our fans, you know, I'd encourage them. All four of our home games have been entertaining. You know, the Towson game was a blowout, but the other three games have come right down to the end. Um, and, and we've played well, and they've been entertaining. They haven't always gone the way we want them to, but they've been entertaining. And, and you're hoping that this is another one – well – don't need it to go down to the wire, but hoping that uh, if nothing else, if it is entertaining, it's another loss for West Virginia, another entertaining game. You know what? Where do we sign? Uh, bring me, bring me that West Virginia slip of paper here. Where do I sign for this to be entertaining? But everybody goes home upset in Morgantown, except for the uh, traveling Sooner Nation. There was um, part of that, or it wasn't in the clip, but Neil Brown's also talking high on OU's defense, and he was saying like how fast they are. On the defensive side of the ball, like, doesn't it just drive you nuts? That. Doesn't it just drive you nuts? Just we, be, just be honest and say they're not very good right now. <laughs> what a different world it would be if coaches came into press conferences. Neil Brown sits down and he says, "Man, we ought to be able to run for three fifty against this Oklahoma defense." Are you kidding me? These guys can't tackle anybody. They're not physical. They're not gap sound. They had a guy on a podcast the other day say it doesn't matter if he's one foot inside or outside. Who cares? These guys stink. And they're not very smart. They're not very smart. Some dumb penalties, you saw that against Baylor. Unfortunately, there is something called coach speak, and it is a real thing, and you should expect to hear coaches only say positive things about their opponents. Speaking of uh, positive things, Dylan Gabriel talked about trying to stay positive despite some adverse – Obvious adversity. Wait for it. Not necessarily. Uh, just we're competitors. Uh, it stings sometimes. You know what I mean when you lose. So um, that hurts. And, and because of our competitive nature, and also you know how much time you put into it, but also you know we we preach you know not being results driven and, and the process and the hunt and 
the chase and, and being addicted to that and obsessed with that. So, What's been the message from the top from Coach Venables? Yeah, just finishing the right way, um, and, and that is important for every every one of us, you know. Uh, it's not what OU's used to. It's not what we're used to. It's not what anyone has planned out for any of us, you know. We don't go into a season thinking we're going to go whatever it is, you know. But then uh, I love the mentality we have in the in the building. Yeah, I mean, that's well said, right? Not where they thought they were going to be. Five and four is not where – Anybody for Oklahoma signed up to to be at, but it is what it is at this point, and the only thing you can do to fix some of this is to start winning football games and avoid this thing really turning into an absolute disaster because right now this team is flirting with the worst season that an Oklahoma team has had since Bob Stoops came here and took over as head coach, right? There's not been a year where Oklahoma's finished with six losses, Five's the most, and obviously this team would very much like to avoid being the team that ties the five losses or exceeds it. And that's why everybody's freaking out because we haven't seen this in a while, going back to Bob Stoops' first year. I mean, five losses on the schedule, that just does not happen at Oklahoma. But, man, these next three games you can win, save the recruiting class. That's the big thing, too. You don't want to see – you don't want to keep losing and keep losing recruits as well. Yeah, I would hope or think the the Vosick deal, okay, Texas legacy, that one I just – I don't know that you were ever going to – honestly, it's amazing Oklahoma ever got that commitment. Not that it's okay to just lose a commitment. I'm not saying that. Is it a serious loss? Absolutely it is. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to view that decommitment differently than, say, I would Caleb Spencer – or Anthony Evans, or anything beyond that. Okay, if they start dropping like flies these next couple of weeks before signing day, I'm right there with you, all right? I'll, I'll jump into the sinking ship with you and ride it to the bottom of the ocean. But right now, the Vosick thing I'm looking at a little bit differently than Caleb Spencer, than potentially Anthony Evans if he de- decommits. Yeah, I, I would think that most guys would be positive, right? It's not... It's year one, and things have not gone according to plan. If this is happening one year from now, then I do think you're you're going to see some serious problems for Oklahoma on the recruiting trail. But in year one, you can still kind of grace period that thing a little bit. I would think, Connor. Yeah, and then going back to the Vasse kid, I mean, he's a Texas guy. We kind of sensed that about two months ago when he kept liking Texas tweets, goes to a Texas game. So I'm not really worried about that. We kind of saw that coming a little bit, even though he was committed to Oklahoma. But, yeah, I think guys are still positive. They know it's the first year under Brent Venables. But, if yeah, if it is a year from now, then you start to worry a little bit. But I still think they're in great shape to keep these recruits and keep this top ten recruiting class. That's big to end the season. Let's play catch up real quick before we welcome Chris Plank into the program that has his namesake. Chris Plank into the Plank Show on an OEC Fiber Football Friday. Josh and Connor here with you for, well, the the duo right here for at least a couple more minutes before Plank uh, obviously joins us. Rifle through the Air Comfort Solutions text line ahead of that, 405-651-3439. Three-man front, it's great, unless you can't win the offensive line-defensive line battle and you can't pressure the quarterback. It appears we need a seven-man front. 
Now, if you're listening to Coach Venables, they're just not very good at anything. Four-man front, three-man front. I tend to agree with you. I'd like to see Oklahoma be a little bit more 4-3. But uh, and definitely, if they're running sets where they've only got six in the box, no, put seven in the box. This team's already bad enough defending the run. There's no reason to take one piece of the personnel away. I like the 4-3, but we're also not the coach. I mean, the three-man front just hasn't been working, not getting pressure to the quarterback. You drop more guys back in coverage, and they still have problems trying to cover receivers. But I just I hate the three-man front. I'm surprised OU, they keep running it. But oh well, oh well. Ted Roof, uh, this is from, let's see, Joe in Tulsa. Ted Roof isn't what recruits want to see. He's too old. Doesn't have the resume. Does Brent get a different linebackers coach and take over the defensive coordinator title? I mean, if you go back to early in the season, that was the one odd hire, right? Josh, Ted Roof out of the whole coaching staff. I mean, he's a guy that just goes from team to team. He doesn't stay at a university for very long. His longest tender is at Georgia Tech as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator. I think he is getting a little old, and he has – Every right for fans to be upset about Ted Roof and how the season is going defensively. Harmon from Cato. Boy, this is – you ready for a doozy? Let's do it. Oh, man. All right, Harmon, here we go. With our current struggles and the insight that we're going to lose more recruits, which, okay, well, we don't know that definitely they're going to lose more recruits, but, you know, and on that subject – you might as well just expect this every every November and every December for the most part anyways. This is kind of modern recruiting. I think Oklahoma's going to wind up with a couple of guys that you're not expecting either. Well, it's not, it's not just Oklahoma. I mean, other teams deal with this too. Decommitments and then going to another team. I or, mean, it's not just OU. Or I should say I think Oklahoma's going to wind up with a couple of flips of their own, hopefully that are impact flips. So there will be some jockeying of signatures before between probably now and uh, that December early signing period regardless. But, okay, so there's that, but here's this from Harmon and Cato. With our current struggles in the insight that we're going to lose more recruits, do you think we have a possibility of being a modern-day Kentucky or Missouri? I like the name of those two teams. Do you think we have a possibility of being a modern-day Kentucky or Missouri in the SEC? Perhaps have a decent year once in a while, but for the most part, be average at best. Let that sink in one more time for everybody out there. This is where things are at right now, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want to, if you want to dial into this program or text this program, uh, the Plank Show, or any of the other shows right here on the Ref Radio Network, just to, for any of the folks out there that want to preach the, hey, have patience, everything's fine, no big deal, Brent Venables, this staff, absolutely they're going to get it figured out. I want to read you this text one more time and just put it to perspective where things are at with Oklahoma at 5-4 and four overall and 2-4 and four in a Big 12 conference that, oh, by the way, yeah, it's improved, but stop it. It doesn't have Ohio State and Michigan in it. It doesn't have some of the uh, top powers of the SEC in it. Okay, one more time, read this text to you. Do you think Oklahoma has the possibility of being a modern-day Kentucky or Missouri in the SEC? Perhaps have a decent year once in a while, but for the most part, be average at best. I hope not. Are you kidding me? 
This is Oklahoma football. To we're, be like yeah. Kentucky and Missouri? No, we're not the basketball schools like Kentucky and Missouri, and we can recruit a lot better than these two teams. I don't even know if no. Missouri's a basketball school. No, Missouri's they used to be. Missouri's a nothing school. They used to be. Now they're not anything. Kentucky's a basketball school. Missouri's a, eh, yeah, we have athletic school. Perhaps a Missouri's de- a loser school. <laughs> Perhaps a decent year once in a while. No, that's not what your plans are at OU. Your plans to have a successful, great season every year, not once in a while. And my expectation is that it ain't going to happen uh, two years down the road, that it's going to happen next season for Oklahoma, that Oklahoma will make some legitimate, serious, serious improvements. Do we uh, – Let's find that Danny Stutzman clip, by the way. Not the one that got everybody all all worked up, but uh, the other Danny Stutzman clip. Because I thought, you know, he said some uh, some interesting things. We're, we're due a break anyway, so let's try and have it for uh, next segment. And who knows? Maybe Plank will be uh, alongside as well. But uh, we're due a timeout. Man, that just... <laughs> Sorry about that. That one got me a little worked up trying to think about Oklahoma. We, we do being not. We do not want to be the Kentucky. Mizzou. We do not want to be Kentucky and the Mizzou's of the world. And you know what? Unfortunately, what you're saying is the expectation should never get anywhere to that point. And I don't think you have that expectation for Oklahoma. You're just asking the question: Is that a legitimate fear that Sooner fans should? should recognize and unless things get corrected I don't think you're going to be Kentucky or Missouri Oklahoma will always be a program that wants to win national championships that expects to win national championships but the reality is you know unless things get fixed quickly and you wind up in the SEC yeah it's going to be hard to get out of the rut it will be so I don't know we can kick that around a little bit more it's hard for me to even wrap my brain around Oklahoma being in the same conversation football-wise as Kentucky or Missouri. And I know Kentucky, uh, Mark Stoops and company, they've done a terrific job. That's not the Kentucky of old. But when you start comparing Oklahoma to Kentucky and Mizzou in football, not going to get well-received by a bunch of Oklahoma fans out there. The Stutzman clip. How much can this Oklahoma defense, how much can he and everybody in this uh, part of this defense Get things figured out in one year's time because, like I'm saying, man, I'm not I'm not cool with waiting until 2024 for Oklahoma to start playing great, excellent football again. I'm ready for that to get fixed and figured out in 2023. And uh, what Stutzman said, really ahead of the Baylor game, not the one that got everybody freaked out, but the the other longer quote, I think hopefully has some positivity attached to it. So let's share that with you next. I think Chris Plank's going to be alongside shortly. It's the Plank Show. Josh and Connor back with you on the Home of Sooner Fans after this. Plank Show rolls on hour number two. Home of Sooner Fans. OEC Fiber Football Friday. Giddy up, baby. Sooners looking to win their tip straight over West Virginia. Coming up tomorrow morning from Morgantown. Where uh, the again the Sooners nice little track record they need a win need a win and uh, they are bowl eligible been a, a while since we've waited this long for Oklahoma to cross that threshold in a season but that is what is at stake tomorrow hour two it's brought to us by Allison Insurance four zero five seven four five twenty nine sixty eight AllisonInsurance.com health insurance life insurance Medicare supplements HSAs and more. That's Bob and Robert Allison that can find the needs to best fit you 
and your office for insurance, Allison Insurance. They've been helping you and your family for over 60 years. So the Danny Stutzman clip that I wanted to play, not the one that got everybody all ticked off, but I thought this was actually fairly illuminating from Danny Stutzman. I'm just like, because I, I think to myself, like, dang, like I've made so much, like, improvement but it's like it's like that level of hunger like bro i've made so much better improvement but like dang i still feel like i'm sorry and i feel like i still got so much ways to go where it's like give me another year of this like under this system or like either it's hard to like you know coach v stresses like knowing every single like what everyone does in every single call but like when we just put in 15 new calls and i don't like it's kind of hard to know every single like one inside and out but like i think especially for this defense we're gonna see that big improvement when you know, give us a year to like to master this, like master these plays, master these calls, and that's where that really like that growth plays, and that's where like right. you can play with that level of confidence, that level of speed, where you have like that dominance, where you're over here like you ain't even thinking, you just like you just dogging dudes, like you over here making plays like without no thought, mm-hmm. you just doing your thing. So that's the hope, right? That Danny Stutzman, that this defense. Uh, one more year, they can really have this thing down. I know everybody's freaking out about the one step this way or that way comment. Plank, are you with us? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, there you go. Yeah, you're. What the hell was going on? It was. Uh, you, you were can very. You, Connor? you were very quiet. You were very quiet. Oh. I could. I could barely hear you across the board. So who do we point the finger at? Is that your fault? My fault? It's, Connor's fault? It's me. Yeah, you're. You're. You're <laughs> looking at him. We're talking to him. So, Good morning. What's up, man? So uh, I'm glad you played that part of the cut. And I think there's a – listen, we could stir this pot up, and this could be the rest of the show if we wanted it to. But I think in the end, Josh, if you heard that part and didn't hear the the one step, you would you would think, wow, that's awesome, man. He can't wait. He can't wait to get back after this next year. But because of the one step this way and, hey, man, it's not that big of a deal, it's kind of sent everyone into a, an understandable – tailspin on this and um i mean i'm i think he's gonna be really good next year i really i think he's gonna talk about danny stutzman i don't think he's a guy that really thinks it's not that important i think he is becoming more of a film guy and i get it i i I know how you feel about it trust me i've seen the 86 text from kendall and, and many others there's some that are very triggered by it i guess for me i still look at it josh as a guy that was trying to be funny and when you hear what he said there, it's incredibly reassuring, right? Well, and I wanted to play that just because one of the things that I said before you hopped on, Plank, is, hey, I'm, you know, I'm about at the done waiting phase, right? I know that sure. fans have – and I get it. You want to be optimistic. You don't want to sit here and exist in a world where, hey, this, this hire's the wrong hire and everything's right. wrong and the sky's falling. And – I'm not saying that's where we're at. I'm just saying that, hey, I want to see Danny Stutzman get this defense next season, right? And I want to see it these final couple of games for Oklahoma. And basically, when we have this conversation next year, let's have it about a one-loss or two-loss Oklahoma, right? Let's have it about an Oklahoma defense that has turned the corner. I don't want to have to wait to 2024 to, to see that. I, I, we got to see it right. now, next season. Yeah, and you would think – that the best comparison you can make, and I'm not saying they're going to go win a national championship, but is the evidence we have before us, right? And what's that evidence? 99 to 2000. Now, I'm not here to tell you that Rocky Kalmus 
is wearing – what does Stutzman wear, 28? I'm not telling you that Rocky Kalmus is being reincarnated in that 28 jersey. I'm not telling you that Derek Strait is being reincarnated in that – and I don't know if Woody Washington is the guy that will be back next year – but be reincarnated in that number four jersey or that 24 jersey of Gentry Williams. But you do have that foundation of some guys that, yes, you were involved in bringing here. And they've had a year in that system. So you hope that it gets better. And, and you hope that it improves. I, I'll be honest with you. I think that you and I do fall. By the way, I, I just I, – can I get some show context here? Because I am like the guy that hasn't been able to listen but suddenly got in his car – what was the – were you trying to, like, get a new offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator in hour, hour one of this show? Because I was cracking up with all these suggestions on the Air Comfort <laughs> Solutions text slide about new guys taking over. Well, no, I okay. wasn't. All right. All but right. Darla did call in and basically suggested as much. Oh, okay. Look at Darla. Look at Darla swinging the hammer. The kindest, maybe gentlest – is that a word? Gentlest? Gentlest? Listener to the show trying to get get change. I love it. But I mean, I'm I, I know it's hard whenever you're seeing other teams improve and get better. And that's where some of my frustration is for everybody. But I don't know, Josh. I'm I feel like once they lost to Texas in the way that they lost to Texas, um, like closer losses don't bother me as much as they should. I'm like, eh, hey, at least I wasn't 49 to zero, and I know I'm going to get my heart ripped out on Sunday, so I don't mind a tight game on Saturday. But in all reality, I, you still got time in these final three games to show signs of improvement. And I'll tell you what, it's funny, everyone, oh, I want to be like Notre Dame. Look what Notre Dame is, is, is doing right now. Look, look at where they are. What if Notre Dame gets beat this weekend? You know, suddenly it all falls back. Um, but in the end, and more than anything else, You've, you've got to give something positive this offseason. I'll tell you what else. This is one final thought. Um, as I throw my pins and my glasses all over the place here, it's like I'm going to make some more salient point, Josh, because I'm, I'm throwing something. <laughs> yes. You see what's happening in Miami right now? I don't know if you noticed this last night, but Miami lost the top quarterback recruit that they had signed. They lost their um, big five-star wide re- or quarterback and – this was a dude that if you were to follow message board talk, which I know some of y'all live and die by it, when Jaden Rashada had originally committed to, to Miami, everyone in Florida kind of lost their minds because many had thought it was a slam dunk for this guy to end up in Gainesville. And so whenever he committed to Florida, or Miami, excuse me, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. These recruits um, obviously aren't buying into Billy Napier. Well, you know, Florida hasn't necessarily been good this year, but they've been good enough to where Miami hasn't <laughs> that you suddenly look at it and you think, hmm, what's my future look like if I have to go to, say, a Miami team that, you know, maybe I can play right away, but – Boy, holy smokes, they're they're sitting this season at four and five, and it looks like it's taken a long way to, to get back to where they need to be. Meanwhile, uh, here's a five and four Florida team that it's not much better. It's only one game, but they've still stayed committing me, and they've their their NIL deals have improved. So Rashada changed his commitment last night and decided to join Billy Napier and the Florida Gators. 
That, to me, is now that goal over the final three weeks of the season. I've heard, um, and again, I listen to the unofficial 40. I listen to uh, the 24-7. I listen to about every Sooner pod I can listen to. And I heard Murdoch say this, and I and I guess now I have to agree with him, not saying that he's wrong, but he said, listen, to me, 2023, or 2022, excuse me, was always about keeping this 23 class intact. And I would say, Josh, that it's been a bit of a challenge now over the last few weeks, right? You've seen Vasek end up doing what he's done, where he's gone to uh, Texas, though we all kind of thought that was inevitable, right? We've seen uh, rumors now of Anthony Evans flip. They've had a couple of Mm -hmm. others, so... You, I, I don't, I don't know what's inside kids' minds, but I do think it's really important to get hot and, and play well over these last three games, so you're able to sell. Hey, look where we're going. Yeah, it was a rough year, but man, you can make all the difference here inside on the defensive line, or here getting after the quarterback, or or here at the linebacker position. They've got to get some positivity beyond just the resume to sell on this recruiting trail right now to these people that are being talked to by squads that are that are rolling into the uh, national championship matchup. No doubt. And, you know, I don't know that I necessarily totally drilled it down in that way because I I said earlier, I almost think that you do still get a little bit of that grace year on the recruiting front. Now, if this is going on next year, I think uh, the decommitments, you you worry about it happening in droves. The the Vosick situation – we we you can, knew that. we we know right. the situation there with the legacy and this and that. Caleb Spencer, okay, uh, you know, not to just excuse everything away, but I think Oklahoma's okay with some of the other options they're going to get. Maybe instead, Anthony Evans would be a legitimate loss if that happens. And then let's see if something else happens beyond that for Oklahoma. Generally speaking, yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, win to secure this class, but uh, if we're doing this one year from now, I think that's where. You start really running into some problems on the recruiting trail. I think you just want to you just want to honestly win for the twenty twenty four class even more so than the twenty three class because the twenty four guys are like ah you know I don't know and then all of a sudden it starts rolling into next season if you have some problems it just makes things ever everything feel better if you can yeah. just win plank yeah I agree uh, there is a mantra that a great man once lived by and it was called just win baby. A great man also decided to draft Jalen Jamarcus Russell, number one overall, and hire Lane Kiffin as an NFL head coach at like 32 years old. But I'm not here to point out the fallacies. I'm here to magnify where he was right. And just win, baby, is a very simple salve for everything. Is it – okay, here, did you take – are we on track right here to break at 45 or are we just now catching our bottom of the hour break? Yeah, well, let's take a break and then we'll we'll, we'll catch up. I want to ask a question over the last 30 minutes because – of this hour, because I have, I have a question for you, Josh Helmer, in what can be accomplished over these final three weeks of the season. I want to thank Connor for sitting in. I want to thank uh, the crew at the ref for being flexible with me. Most importantly, Josh, thank you. Let's go left lane, hammer down, talking about week 11 in college football and specifically the Sooners and the Mountaineers next here on The Plank Show. The Plank Show. Thanks to Josh for driving the show. Happy Veterans Day to all you who serve and are currently serving. Um, I've tried to find a way to put it that made complete and total sense, but I, I don't know if I did. Military service has been ingrained in my DNA, uh, my family's DNA, obviously not, not mine. Um, I, 
I don't know. I just it it never materialized in my life, and it's probably one of my great regrets. But my dad, his dad, my mom's dad, uh, my uncles, my aunts had a couple of aunts who served, and obviously my son and my nephew. So um, I'm very I'm very military centric, man. I'm a but what does Barry always make fun of? What does sports talk Barry always make fun of? Like, who doesn't support our troops, right? <laughs> it's like, no one is supporting the troops harder than sports talk Barry. But <laughs> happy Veterans Day uh, for all of those who served. I heard troop lover Barry. Troop lover Barry, that's right. I heard a great story this morning from Porter Moser, which, by the way, are we on in Norman today or are we uh, overrun by the women's basketball? Women's broadcast? basketball, yeah, is on in Norman. Okay, that's fine. I see. 99.3 and 1400 a.m. All on Brian Brinkley this morning. Let's go. But um, I heard that story from Porter Moser that he told about taking his uh, taking his team to Normandy and getting the team picture there. Yeah, that's pretty I, awesome. I, that was a pretty cool story, man. So anyway, happy Veterans Day, man. Grateful for all you who served. Uh, and we're not able to be the uh, the jack legs. My dad used to say that we are without you. Okay. Now, question. Yes. In Josh Helmer's opinion, we need to give a couple of disclaimers here. Number one, no one's going to be overly happy. I I, I get that. There's no magic salve, salve, salve to fix the wound of what this season has been. It's tough. And I'm not saying that anyone, because I guarantee you that the coaches aren't happy with where they are right now. But is there, outside of just winning, to try to put a shine on the season and at the very least finish 8-4, and four, Josh? I mean, no one's going to be happy, but, I mean, do you have to, like, win dominantly? Like, what could make people happy heading into the offseason? What is going to be that... All right, that was rough, but we're going to be okay moment if there is one for this this program right now. Some of it might depend on – well, first and foremost, yeah, you got you got to win these games, right? you right. got to win all four of them. The fashion in which you win them is going to be gigantic, but it might almost depend on who you match up with in the bowl game. If you play somebody that's perceived to be pretty good in mm-hmm. your bowl game after winning these final three, and then you go out and win that game – by a couple of scores, oh, man. I mean, you know how bowl games work. It sure. just it sets the table for the offseason to feel totally different. When you go out and you end the, note, end the season on a high note, and, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could get taken to task a little bit on this, Blake, because I don't know that we experienced that. Even as great as the Stoops experience was, right, coaching the, mm-hmm. the Alamo Bowl and beating Oregon the way that Oklahoma did, because of – because of the way that last season ended and Lincoln Riley leaving the way that he did, there was still, I don't know, a fair amount of unrest coming out of last season, even sure. with the big bowl win. But I do think, generally speaking, depending on who you play in that bowl game and if you you go out and play well and beat a good team, then that will not totally silence it, but it will help the offseason. If you get you know beat convincingly in a, in a bowl game versus somebody good, that only – makes it to where the offseason is full of despair, right? So that would be a big part of it for me. And then the biggest one is be good. 
be good in a consecutive stretch of games defensively, show that that side of the football is, in fact, improving. That's probably the biggest one. Yeah. And, you know, we saw what like, – listen, I don't think – you know how we look at things that happened during the COVID football season? Right? Like, I don't, I don't feel like we can compare that to anything. I mean, Ohio State played for a national championship and was, what, 5-0? and Right. I mean, it's just it's kind of hard to compare what happened that season to anything. But I, I almost feel that same way, Josh, when we talk about the Oklahoma offseason. It's like, well, you know, it's last year was. Yeah, no, there's no real comparison. <laughs> I can't sit here and say, well, we saw how it worked last year, but also last year you had all right, Lincoln leaving. Then you had and I don't have to go through the timeline, but from Brent getting hired to Caleb, whether or not he's going to stay. It was it was wild. I mean, it was a true wild roller coaster. So I guess at best, you know you're not going to have that unrest. I, I mean, I don't anticipate any coaching changes. I think Levy will be mentioned for some jobs, but I, I don't. You know, I, I get the sense that he wants to stick here for a minute. I think he wants to coach Jackson Arnold, but you never. If if Ole Miss comes calling because Lane Kiffin takes Nebraska or somewhere else, and okay, it's a different story. But, again, my understanding is that you'll probably see a very similar staff. So, I don't think we'll have a defensive coordinator hunt. I don't think you'll have an offensive coordinator hunt. I think there'll be stability, and I think that's big for what you're building. Now, it will be telling, I think, Josh, if you see some guys leave, right? That's going to be something we're like, oh, okay. But, in the same vein, you know, are they going to better places, making more money, getting more responsibilities? Those are all things that we'll hash through. The question about bowl momentum, you know, carrying over this season is always one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite non uh, off season conversations, right? Can can anything can anything carry over from what we learned in this bowl game, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a great debate, but we, we know because we're, we're nerds, we know what's most important during that stretch, right? Those practices that sure. you've been in between, right? Well, and from just the sheer football standpoint of this team getting better and being, you know, a better defensive, okay, maybe maybe you don't. But I just think from even talking from the fan base's standpoint, yeah, it's still going to be viewed as a disappointing season regardless right. of what happens the rest of the way. But people are going to feel a lot better. And all of a sudden throughout the offseason, there will be hints of optimism for what year two of Venables and this staff can bring if you win four in a row to close, that's just the reality of it. If you don't, there won't be. In Josh, okay, let's break. Let's break. When we come back, we're still going to do our top five stories today. Got a lot of things from last night we'll hit. We've got our elite roofing systems, who's on top for the weekend that we've got to get to. We never got to our Thursday worries yesterday. We got a lot jam-packed into this final hour, including our six-pack of picks. But one more, how about this to change your perspective on this program this offseason. Does that make sense? We'll try to make sense of it next here on The Plank Show. I think we need to kindle a session with someone to talk through this. It's not handling 2022 well, nor do I expect anyone to. Welcome back into The Plank Show right here on The Wrap. Third straight day without practice for Josh Allen. No Josh Allen this weekend, potentially? Hmm? I mean, I would say that it sounds like he's not playing this week. I mean, don't you think? Yeah. It's three days without practice. 
Uh, just the way they've been reporting that injury. And, I mean, let's call it what it is. Buffalo's in a pretty good situation record-wise. They're only playing to win a Super Bowl. They're not playing to win the AFC East. They're in pretty good position in terms of getting that berth. So you don't rush it, right? You take care of your star quarterback and you best position this thing to make a postseason run. Yeah. Um, okay, here was my question that I had for you on OU in our final couple minutes we have here. We'll hit our top five stories today. We got our picks. Um, we'll try to get our elite roofing systems, who's on top in here. But it, through all the frustration, right, and the disappointment, is there a recruit, Josh, that if OU is able to flip or get, that might be something that yeah. – is it David Hicks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely it is. Right. It's Hicks. It's Bowen. It's uh, Yates. All of them. I mean, if Oklahoma – regardless of what happens actually on the field itself, I mean, it would be great, right, to win these final four. Sure. And I do think it's important, and I already told you just moments ago, I think it's probably more important for the 24 class. But if they could just flip those guys and sign a great class – Look, that's going to take care of some of the unrest by itself. Agreed. I agree. Bowen's the biggest battle with Bowen's NIL right now. I mean, I, that that's as simply as I can put it. It's, there's more money for him to end up at other places, unfortunately. All right, quick break. Top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino coming up next and including a lot of college football right here on The Wrap. 